Morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off in the fourth chapter in the Dardarim on the top of page 42a, the Mishnah. So, in the subject when that made before Shavi is a sabbatical. In other words, he made, he made a vow. So he made the vow before the sabbatical. The sabbatical year is not yours. It's a free-for-all. Everyone can go into your field and eat it. So as the person, you made the vow, he's not allowed to benefit from you. Is he allowed to go into your field or not? So the Mishnah says, He's not allowed to enter into the field. And even not entering the field. If he doesn't enter the field, he's not allowed to eat from the fruits and the branches that extend outside the field. Why? Because sins, they became prohibited to him. From before Shviyas, and they became like a vow, since the person, made, the owner of the field made a vow that all of his possessions is like sacred to the, to the subject of the vow. So that remains, even though today it's Shviyas, and today it should be a free-for-all, but it remains prohibited to you. But if he made a vow on Shviyas, you're not allowed to go enter into the field. You're allowed to eat from the fruit. If you're not entering the field, you're allowed to eat from the fruits. Because there was never any prohibition. He made a vow prohibiting things that belong to him. When he made the vow in Shaviyas, these fruits don't belong to him. It's ownerless. It's a free-for-all. But nevertheless, he's not allowed to go into his private property. The mother will explain why not. No, that he meant Michael of If a person forbids so on, he's not allowed to eat from his food. And he made the vow before the sabbatical. He's allowed to enter into the field. Because he only, the vow is very specific. He didn't say he's not allowed to benefit from me at all. He says he's not allowed to eat my fruits. My fruits are sacred to me. So entering the field, as long as he's not eating, not a problem. But if he made a vow on Shaviyah, then the vow never never took place. The, fu- the fruits in the field never applied. The vow never applied because it wasn't his. He says, you're not allowed to eat from my fruits, from my food. It's not your food. So you're allowed to enter into the field and you're allowed to eat from the fruits. That's the mission. He says, these possessions are forbidden to you. All possessions, anything. If he makes a vow before the sabbatical, then you're not allowed to enter the person's field. You're not allowed to eat from the fruits growing in the branches that stick out of the field. Even if it's, even during the sabbatical year. If he made a nether on Shaviyas, you're not allowed to enter into his field. We'll have to eat from the fruits that extend outside the field because the vow never... That's, in other words, that's exactly the way we explain the Mishnah. The other, they're, they're saying that's, that's the understanding, correct understanding of the Mishnah. understand it differently. They say differently. If a person says, Oh, my possessions are pretty with you, and he makes a vow before Shaviyah. 
in the flesh we say you're not allowed to enter into the field and you're not allowed to eat from the fruits even outside the field once the shvi has arrived in you're not allowed to enter his field you're allowed to eat from the branches that extend outside the field Rabbi and Rabbi Yechanan interpret the mission. Rabbi Yechanan and Shlakish interpret the mission differently. They learn that our mission is talking about the same case. The vow was made before Shvi'ah, and he's making a distinction. He's making a distinction between between um, before Shvi'ah and then. So before Shvi'ah, then he's not allowed to enter the field. He's not allowed to eat the fruit. But after Shvi'ah arrives, then. The prohibition is partially lifted because now it's shviz. So he's still not allowed to enter the field, but the fruit, the fruit is allowed. Since he's not allowed to enter, the, really all the fruit would be allowed. But he's not allowed to enter the field, so the only fruit he's allowed is the field that the fruit that's sticking out. He just can't access the fruit that's in the field because he's not allowed, because he's not allowed to enter the field. But the fruit is allowed. The fruit. So, so what he's saying is, in other words, he made a value not to eat from my fruit. It makes sense. Rabbi Yechonin makes a lot of sense. You're not allowed to eat from my food. Well, on is your food is no longer yours. It became ownerless, so it's no longer yours. So it shouldn't be. In, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be included in the in the ban in the vow. So now I shouldn't be able to eat your fruit. Right? No, I'm saying he made the nether. And the nether started from before Shavit. And it extends, extends. No, so, so, so Rav, um, Rav and Shmuel say it extended even to Shavit. Once it's prohibited, it doesn't remove, can't be removed. Rabbi Yechonosh says, why not? At the moment Shavit comes, now it's no longer yours. So now it's no longer considered. This is not part of the, it's not part of the vow. So I should be able to eat your fruits, and you are. Only problem is the field I can't go into. The Torah made the fruits hefka, not the field. The field I'm allowed to go into, therefore I can't access the fruits in the field. But if the fruits are hanging out of the field, if the, if the branch sticks out, protrudes out of the field, I can eat the fruit, there's no problem. So this is a, an essential argument between Rav, Shm- Rav and Shmuel and Rav Lishlakosh and Rav and the two brothers-in-law. Whether, since you made the vow before Shviyas, if it extends even into Shviyas. Well, let's say, let's say that they're arguing, the argument between Rav and Shmuel and is the following. Rav and Shmuel, Rav and Shmuel, person can prove it's something that's presently in his ownership, and then affiliates him with even after it leaves his ownership, it remains prohibited. I could only prohibit something that belongs to me, right? I can't prohibit to you. I can't tell you that someone else's fruits or food is prohibited to you. Someone else's possession. No. You could only prohibit something that belongs to you. But they say, as it, it, at the time that I made the vow, belongs to me, even when it no longer belongs to me, the vow remains, the prohibition remains. Once it takes effect, it remains forbidden, even after it leaves its ownership. So therefore, since he made the vow before the sabbatical, even when the sabbatical comes, and now the fruits are ownerless, it's not his, but nevertheless, the vow remains, the prohibition remains. Because, what, what's the effect of a vow? The effect of a vow, it makes it sacred. To the, that person, this food and my possession now becomes holy to you, as if it belongs to the temple treasury. 
So if it's holy, it's holy. Where did the holiness uh, leave? It didn't go anywhere. Right. So it remains holy for you, even though now it's ownerless, no longer mine. But to you, it remains holy. Just like the, the temple treasury, anything that's sacred remains sacred unless it's redeemed. It doesn't just disappear. So it remains holy to you. The question is, when he made the vow, the fruits didn't exist yet. How could you say the fruits are holy? The fruits didn't even exist yet. You can't, you can't acquire something that, didn't, that doesn't exist yet. You can't make a futures. A futures contract in Judaism is a big problem. You can't just contract something that's in the future. It's not real. It has to have something of substance. Yeah, but here, the vow is that the fruit, the trees and the ground that will give the fruits of the trees and the ground are here. So any fruit that the trees and the ground will produce is prohibited to you. And that remains. That doesn't leave. That's the opinion of Rav and Shmuel, right? And you agree, right? It makes a lot of sense. But... Rabbi Yechnan and Ishlakish, they hold, they hold no. Rabbi Yechnan Savri, a person you cannot prohibit something that's presently in your ownership. Once it leaves its ownership, it's no longer yours. So the vow, there's no longer any vow. The vow that you made before the sabbatical, once the sabbatical comes, it's no longer yours. It's not included in the vow. The vow said that anything that belongs to me is prohibited to you as long as it belongs to me. The moment it doesn't belong to me, it's, it's okay. It's permitted. Right. Because you can't compare... Rabbi Yechon Shlach said it's not exactly like Hegdish. not exactly like something that's sacred that belongs to the temple treasury. And there, the only way it could be released from its sanctity is through Pidyon, is through uh, redemption. It's not the same. Because mm-hmm. there it actually becomes the property of the temple. Unless you redeem it. But a ned that a vow, it still belongs to the owner. It's not sacred. It belongs to you. It's your fruits. It, it doesn't become sacred. To the other person, it's the equivalent of it as if it's sacred. But it's not really sacred. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it makes sense that as long as it's you, in other words, the sanctity of the other person comes derives from the fact that it's your fruit. You own it. So the moment you stop owning it, for example, when the moment it turns shviyas, the right. sabbatical is no longer yours, then, then it's, it's, there's no prohibition, there's no sanctity on that, those fruits, and he's allowed to eat from it. Right. Right, so the Gemara understands that the Rav and Rabbi Echen and Rishlokesh are even talking about the same case that Rav is talking about. And even if they say that these fruits are prohibited to you, are sacred to you. So the moment, the, even though these fruits become prohibited to him, he made the vow before the sabbatical year, but the moment the clock strikes Rosh Hashanah and Shaviyas, and now the fruits are free for all. Now they become per- permitted. Because it, it, the, you can't compare it to something that's sacred. Yes, a vow is like as if, the equivalent as if you're sanctifying to the temple. But since it's only to that person, the owner of the fruits, it's not sacred, it's regular fruits. He's saying, my fruits that belong to me, that it's totally permissible, it's not sacred in any way, shape, or form. But to you, it's sacred. You're not allowed to eat it as if it's sacred. So the moment it ceases to be mine, the whole sanctity derives from the fact that it's my fruit. The moment it ceases to be mine, when, this, when the strike, when the clock strikes, Rosh Hashanah, and the night of Rosh Hashanah, it's Shviyas, then it's no longer mine, now it's permitted to you. That's the opinion. So we see a very, very uh, class. What is it is this the correct explanation? Is there anyone who holds 
that a person cannot prohibit something under his ownership after he leaves his ownership? In Cain, if that's the case, if that was the opinion of, of Rabbi Eichel and Rishlakish, that you can't prohibit something that once belonged to you and you can't prohibit it after it belongs to you. In other words, the prohibition is, is leaves the moment that it no longer belongs to you. In Cain, if that's the case, Nifla gave him the they should disagree in a case where the vower says these possessions are forbidden for you. In other words, why are they arguing in a case where he said all of my possessions are prohibited to you? Even if he was more specific. Even the case where he didn't say all my possessions are prohibited to you. Just fruits. Just these possessions. Even in that case, the argument. Rabbi Yechanan and Ishlakish would say it's permitted. The moment these fruits no longer belong to you, the moment this, the, the clock strikes, uh, the night of Rosh Hashanah of Shaviyas, it no longer belongs to you, then these same fruits that a minute ago were prohibited to you, a minute later they become permitted. And Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel says, no. That once it was prohibited, it remains prohibited. Why are they arguing in the case of where he says, all my possessions? So another problem we have at Tanan, we learn in our Mishnah that the, the, we learn the Mishnah. A person is allowed to prohibit something that's presently under his ownership, even after he leaves his ownership. Where do we learn this? At Tanan, we learn in the Mishnah. If you're, we're going to learn later on in the tractate. One says to his son, I make a vow, you're not allowed to benefit from me. He really loves his son, and maybe his son is a little wayward, and he's, uh, so he wants to, he wants to, yeah, he wants to bring, him, bring him into line. No, no, later on, later on, now attractive. Once he dies, his son could benefit, can inherit him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if he says that you're not allowed to benefit from me, not while I'm alive and not while I'm dead, we continue on side B, 42B. And even when he dies, he can't inherit him because it's prohibited. His, his uh, possessions are prohibited. Everything that he owns is prohibited to his son. So why do we see clearly that when he says you're not allowed to benefit from me, when he dies, is no longer no longer belongs to him? So then he's allowed to benefit from him. So how can you say according to Rabbi Yechon and Rishlak that when a person makes a vow according to Rabbi Yechon and Rishlak a person doesn't have the power to make a vow on something as once it no longer belongs to him. He only has a power to make a vow on something as long as it belongs to him. Here the mission says clearly the father could make a vow. That even after he dies, he's gone. It's no longer his. Nevertheless, he can make a vow that you, you can't inherit it. That my possession today remains prohibited even after I'm gone and it's no longer mine. So you do have the power to make a vow. On the other hand, why isn't this a question of, of, of Rabbi Shmuel? Because in the, he has to spell it out. The Mishnah says he has to spell it out. If he doesn't spell it out, if he doesn't say that it remains prohibited after I die, he just says, my possession is prohibited to you. So then the moment he dies, it's allowed. According to Rabbi Shmuel, you said once you make a vow, the vow remains even, even after Shviyas, even if it no longer belongs to you. Even though he didn't spell it out. So it should be, seemingly the mission should be a question on both of them. I have to say, according to Rabbi Shmuel, inheritance is different. 
when you prohibit the fruits before Shavias. And then it comes Shavias. And it's no longer yours, it doesn't matter. Once it's prohibited, it remains prohibited. But inheritance, Hashem gave you to you. You're gone, you're dead. Your ego is gone. You're, you're, you're no longer part of this world. And Hashem gave the inheritance to the child. So therefore, it's, it's no longer, it's not yours. Hashem gave it to me. You can't prohibit it, it's mine. No, but fine. But since, no, since I'm the other person, since it's, the other person doesn't have a connection to these fruits, it's prohibited to you. It was prohibited before Shviyas, and that prohibition remains even during Shviyas. It doesn't leave. It's like Hegdash. Where does Hegdash go? But so it doesn't, so, so now it remains Hegdash, unless it's redeemed. It remains sacred to you. But inheritance, you, Hashem gave it to the, to the, the child. So therefore, just because you prohibited it, I'm not allowed to benefit from you. I'm not benefiting from you. It's not yours. It's not you're giving it to me. How? You're not allowed to inherit me because, you're, because I'm benefiting you. I'm giving you my possessions after my death. You're not giving me anything. Hashem is giving me. So I'm not benefiting from you. I'm benefiting from Hashem. Hashem gave you. Hashem made you die. And Hashem, Hashem is giving it to you, to me. Yeah, so Hashem is giving it to me. But unless he spells it out, and then it is prohibited. You have to say that's what the Ram is saying. That's the explanation. He asked another question. Question is, how is this a question on Rabbi Yechonon and the Shlokish? You can make a distinction. Why in this case you could prohibit the property to your son even after you die versus in the case of Shaviyas, Rabbi Yechonon and the Shlokish says you can't prohibit the fruits of once once the same fruits that's prohibited once Shaviyas begins is allowed. Because there, by Shviyas, it becomes hefker to everyone. It's not just, it's not just ownerless. It's ownerless to everyone. So you surely, your ownership ceases. Right. But here, it's not ownerless. Yes, I died, but I'm only giving it to my son, to no one else. So maybe in this case, the father does have the power to prohibit. Anyway, it's a question. The mother says, the question on Rabbi Yechon Rishlach. You see clearly that a person, a father, could prohibit even after his death, that his son cannot inherit him. So the Gemara answers, shiny hoch. Here is different. Why? In the case of the son, the inheritance. Because the father said explicitly, in his lifetime, and after his death. In other words, everyone agrees. The Gemara is clarifying. Even when Rabbi Eichanan and say, that the prohibition is not, you can't prohibit something that doesn't belong to you. It doesn't say never. If you say it explicitly, then you could. Here he said explicitly, even after my death. But if you don't say explicitly, you're just prohibiting all my fruits. Then, if you're not specific, the moment, Shri, the moment it's no longer yours, it's no longer sacred. Krishna's teaching, according to Rabbi Yechim that even though it's possible, a person could say, my fruits are prohibited to you now and Shviyas, forever. But since he doesn't say that, he just right. says, my fruits are prohibited to you, what he means is, as long as it belongs to me now. Yeah. But the moment it turns Shviyas and it's, it's ownerless, then, then those very same fruits are allowed. Now, you can't enter the field, so you have to pluck it from the, the, the overhanging, the hanging sticking out of the field. 
So your mother says, Okay, you answered the second question. But how about the first question he didn't answer? Why did they state their argument in a case where he says, All my possessions are prohibited? He should have better stated the argument when he says, Not all my possessions are prohibited, only these fruits, only my food, and my, these fruits. And, and, that, and then, and, that, and, that, and the reason is because these fruits, as long as they're mine, they're prohibited. The, mo- the moment it's no longer mine, if I didn't state it explicitly, then it's permitted. Why when all my possessions? Ella, rather, if he said all my possessions are prohibited to you, everyone agrees that it's forbidden even after they leave his ownership. If he said all my possessions, everyone would agree. That since you made the vow before Shvius, even during Shvius, you would not be allowed to eat the fruit. Even Rabbi Yechon Shlakis would agree. Keep Pligi, when are they arguing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When he says, these, specifically these food, fruits or these food, my food is prohibited to you, that would remain prohibited. Even, even it's no longer yours. Even when Shvius comes, keep Pligi, when they arguing. Only when he says, oh, my possession. Because said there's no difference, there's no distinction whether he says these possessions are my possessions, other He forbids all the items even after they leave his ownership. My possessions. In other words, he's not if he says these fruits are prohibited to you, then these fruits are always prohibited to you. He doesn't say if it's as long as it's my fruits. He specified these fruits are prohibited to you. It doesn't matter what state it is. It belongs to me. It belongs to someone else. These fruits are... So therefore, once it becomes sacred, it remains sacred. Because I meant these fruits are forever prohibited to you. Everyone agrees. No one argues. Even But when he says, my possession, now I can have... What does he mean, my? Does he mean as long as it's mine? Or, and, and that's what Rabbi uh, Echonish Lakish hold, it means as long as it's mine. Shvi'as comes, it's no longer mine, then, it, then it's not included in the vow, then it's permitted. Versus Rabbi Echonish, no, he's just saying mine to identify what he's talking about. He doesn't mean as long as it's mine. He says anything that's mine is prohibited and remains prohibited even if it's no longer mine. It doesn't matter if it's. It there's no distinction. He meant mine. It doesn't mean to distinguish mine as long as it's mine. He's just pointing out anything that belongs to me. And it remains prohibited as long as forever. When he says these possessions, then even after they leave, it's prohibited. They make a distinction. But if he says mine, what he's saying is as long as it's mine. Ain't other mazes. Now, this argument with Rabbi Shmuel has nothing to do with our Mishnah. It's not a, they're not the coming to explain the Mishnah. Because our Mishnah says clearly that what? Our mission is talking about a case where he said that these talking about where he said these these possessions are prohibited. And he's teaching us that even though he made the vow in the first part of the mission, even though he made the vow before Shviyas, but the vow remains even after Shviyas. And we said According to everyone, when he says these are prohibited, the vow is forever. Even it, it leaves your possession. Even after Shvi is no longer yours, it remains prohibited. 
And therefore, even if not only aren't you allowed to enter into his field in Shviyas, even the fruits that stick out, you're not allowed to eat. The fruits remain prohibited. No matter who the owner is. Right. Right. Exactly. But they're arguing when he says, my possessions. That's not what the mission is discussing. The mission is just discussing when he says these, and he's making a distinction when he made the vow. Did he make the vow before the Shviyas? He made the vow after the Shviyas. He made the vow during Shviyas. Then when he said these possessions, right. it's not his possession. So it never, it never applied to the fruit. But he can't enter the field, but the fruits that are sticking out, he's allowed. But are you saying that there's a pinyad avishmul hold? There's no distinction when a person says whether he says these possessions or he says my possessions. That none. We learn clearly in the Mishnah. We learn. We're going to learn later on. But none in the Mishnah. If someone says to his friend, I make a vow. You're not allowed to. I'm not allowed to enter your house. I make a vow. I'm not allowed to purchase your field. It's sacred to me. Mace, if he dies and his children inherited it, or he sells it to someone else, then he's allowed. But if he says, what if he makes a vow? He doesn't say your house. He says this house. Or this field. He doesn't say your field. I'm not allowed to make a vow, I'm not allowed to enter this field. Then even Mace, it doesn't matter. Because he said this field. He didn't say your field, not only, but when he says your field, your house, it means as long as it's yours. So the mission states clearly there is a distinction. How can you say that this is the argument in Avon Shmuel and Avon Shmuel, that Avon Shmuel don't make the distinction? That when he says your house, he's just coming to identify which house he's talking about. It does not mean yours as long as it's yours. The mission says clearly not so. When he says your house, he means to say yours as long as it's yours. How can Avon Shmuel argue in the Mishnah? Ella rather ki amri rabbi echnem reishlak and rabbi echnem reishlak is say the ruling benichsai when he says my possession. But Rabbi Shmuel ben Chasim made the pig. They're actually not arguing. You can't make an argument. It's a clear mishnah. On one hand, you have the mishnah in the case of the father and the son that says clearly that a person could prohibit it after, even after. No one argues with that. You can prohibit it, it can remain prohibited even after it's no longer in your possession. On the other hand, you have clearly a mission that makes, that makes a distinction. If you say my, my house, or my fields, or my possession, which means as long as it's mine, clearly, not mine just to identify as, a, as an identification what I'm prohibiting. No, it means mine as long as it's mine. I don't want you to benefit, I don't want you to benefit from me. I'm dead, it's no longer mine. I sold it, it's no longer mine. Enjoy yourself. You know, knock, knock your head over. I mean, what do I care? You have to say that they're not talking about two different cases. Davishmo was talking about in the case where he said these possessions, and therefore it always remains prohibited, even after Shviyas. It's always these remain prohibited. Once it becomes prohibited, it's like something sacred. It doesn't leave unless you redeem it. It doesn't matter. But Rabbi Echnishlaga talking about a case where he said, my possessions, as long as it's mine. So the whole vow was only as long as it was mine. The moment it's no longer mine, there was never any vow. And therefore the moment Shviyas comes, it's permitted. Okay, now the Mishnah, the Gemara explains that Shviyas ain't yet until today. Shviyas is not allowed to go into the field. Why not? Why do you say he's allowed to pluck the fruits that hang up from the branch that extends out? Because it's hefker, it's onerless. The Torah gives him permission to enter into the field and to take the fruits. 
So what difference does it make? The field is also hefker. The Torah doesn't say your, field, your fruits are onerless, but you can't go into the, fr- the field. <laughs> That's a joke. Obviously, the Torah is saying the, the field is onerless. You can go in, you can walk in. It's not onerless, I can't work the field, I can't do whatever I want in the field, but it's onerless to the extent I can go in and take the fruits and then leave. If you can't grant them access to the field, and then you're making a joke of the whole thing. What do you mean? It's ornaments, but you can't walk in. You can look at it. You can stare at yeah. it. It's very nice. It's not what the tater meant. You have to hire a cherry picker. And, uh, so, so I don't know. I'm going to answer. The mission is referring to trees that stand on the border of the field. So in that case, it's not necessary. You don't have to enter the field. So that, then you're not allowed to enter the field. The field is not really hefkin. Unless, as long as it's necessary to access it. But here I can access it from the border. Since it's by the border, so who gives you permission to go into the field? You can pluck it. You can stand by, by, by the fence and just pluck the fruits. How to enter is lo- what's necessary for you to collect it, to, to pluck the fruits. So if it's not necessary, then you're not allowed to enter the field. It's a private property. Now, it's not only for a person who made a vow. It's not a question of a vow. According to this, anyone during Shaviyas, I can't just enter someone else's field. I can't make myself at home. It's private property. The Torah allows you as whatever is necessary to take the fruits. So if the, field, if, the, if the tree is in the field, I'm allowed to walk, take the fruits, and get out of there. You know, but but if it's not necessary, if the, if the trees are standing are right next to the fence, I can just reach in the park. Then I'm not allowed to enter this field. Not a free for all. So the Mishnah says the Mishnah is teaching us that if all the fruits are by by the fence and it extends outward, and you can reach it. So the rabbis say it's still allowed. You're allowed to take and stand by the fence and take all the fruits that you want. There's no prohibition. Shimmel Yakam, Shimmel Yakam answers Gezeda. No. It's a decree. The rabbis are saying, even if the trees are inside the field, I'm not allowed to go in. Why not? I'm allowed to eat the fruit. And the Torah allows me to enter. Why not? Zeta, decree. He's going to take his time. And that's forbidden. Since the, why is he forbidden? Only because of the vow. Since he made a vow not to benefit from my property, so standing in my property. To take the fruit you're going in, as long as you go out immediately. But to stand there and to enjoy the shade and to enjoy my property, you have a vow that's prohibited. So therefore the rabbi said, you're not allowed to go in, period. Because we're worried if you allow him in, he may linger. And then he's going to violate the vow. But the fruits he's allowed to. To stand on this, whatever fruits you can take by standing outside the fence, that's allowed. Everyone have a wonderful day.